Whenever you're building a business, it's so important to have the right team with you. And in this case, I think there's an inherent benefit of working with your family because there's this underlying relationship based on trust. And you can't get anywhere, you know, whether it's partners, whether it's a family business because it's, you know, multi-generational or husband and wife or, or whatnot. Having that relationship based on trust is so instrumental because it allows everyone to feel like they have the freedom to really be able to explore and pursue growth. Three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's your host, the small biz chat lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, your host, and I'm America's number one small business expert. How many of you run a family business where we're going to be talking to an entrepreneur who's going to give us the pros and cons of running a great family business. Now, listen, I know you guys have heard the statistics out there. 2023 is supposed to be a doozy for our economy, but that doesn't mean your small business is going to struggle. We're going to give you tools and tips today so that you can position your business to be one of the winners out of 2023. And certainly, If you've been trying to figure out how to better communicate in your family business, we have a great family business owner here today who's going to talk to us about how she manages as a second generation business owner. So now it's time for me to introduce my next guest. Her name is Christine No, and she is the owner of Noble, a sneaker and streetwear retailer with locations in New York and New Jersey. Christine started her professional career in investment banking at J.P. Morgan Chase, and she left investment banking to pursue her entrepreneurial passion. In 2013, she opened Noble's flagship location in Newark, New Jersey, and in 2014, she moved her offices to a 30,000-square-foot warehouse to support her e-commerce expansion. And in 2020, she opened her newest boutique location in Manhattan. For more information, you can go to noble.com. Christine, welcome to the Small Bridge Chat Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. All right, Christine, you got to tell me your backstory. How'd you go from investment banking to running the family business? What happened? Two things happened at the exact same time. One, the bottom of the economy fell out. So being in banking was a terrible thing back in 2008. So I, I graduated college in 06 and started in corporate finance and thought that that was what I wanted to do. And, you know, my mission in life was to be top of the fold on the Wall Street Journal. Come to find out, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of people maybe who transition from corporate to other professions, you come to find out not everything is is as shiny as you thought it was going to be. And kind of like I said, I finished my analyst years and the economy particularly in finance, wasn't great. And so it really took that time to think about what my next move was going to be professionally. I knew I wasn't ready to hop right back into school. I had just been out for two years. And, you know, my family had started a business in 1982. And I had all of this free time suddenly. And I said, let me take a look under your hood and 
see if there's anything that I've learned in the last three years that would be of value and recognize some opportunities. The sneaker industry back then was not what it is today. It was a tremendous area for growth and it has grown before, you know, sneakers were much more niche. And now pretty much anyone I talk to, if I say I'm in the sneaker business, they want to talk to me about how incredibly challenging it is to get shoes for their son, daughter, nephew, niece, whomever. And, and I really saw an opportunity with what my family had started with bringing it into the future of retail and really having it be an omni-channel presence and really build on what we've already built within the communities that we live and work in. So did you grow up in the business? Like, did you kind of you spend your summers working in the family business? Oh, absolutely. You know, immigrant households, they put you to work kind of as soon as you can walk. I spent, you know, Christmas vacation, uh, summer vacations, folding clothes, bagging things. I, I learned how to, you know, I, I sort of know every role in retail, whether that's stock, cashier, sales, et cetera. And yeah, when I was a baby, I grew up in a pen in the back of our store in the Bronx that we still have to this day. Love it. Love it. All right. So what would you say um, has been the main sort of like pro and con of working in a family business? So I think whenever you're building a business, it's so important to have the right team with you. And in this case, I think there's an inherent benefit of working with your family because there's this underlying relationship based on trust. And you can't get anywhere, you know, whether it's partners, whether it's a family business because it's, you know, multi-generational or husband and wife or, or whatnot. Having that relationship based on trust is so instrumental because it allows everyone to feel like they have the freedom to really be able to explore and pursue growth. What I would say is the biggest con is, you know, in any working relationship, in any relationship, conflict is inevitable. And when that conflict happens, it's like the volume got turned up to 100 because there's underlying family dynamics that are involved. There's, you know, whatever is complicated around business and it's very hard to compartmentalize. And so learning how to do that more effectively, that I would say is one of the biggest challenges. All right. So tell me about your business specifically. So how many of your family members work in your business? So my mother and my father started the business together in 1982. I got involved in around 2010. And then my younger brother also got involved. And so literally my entire immediate family is in the sneaker business. All right. So do you guys have formal business meetings or is it like over dinner? Yeah, so talking about what's going on. To be honest, it's a little bit of both, right? And I think the thing about if you are in a family business is it's still a business. And so what you need to do as a business owner, those all bring true. And if you get away from that and everything turns into informal conversations over dinner or whatnot, I think you run the risk of letting the business get away from you. But at the same time, I think, you know, especially entrepreneurs, we kind of have our business hat on 24-7 might be doing something completely different. I might be at a restaurant and notice something and want to have a conversation with, with my waiter about, you know, why do you guys do this to, or versus do that? And so your business hat is always on. It inevitably spills over into family conversation. So, you know, family dinner, there's some point in dinner where, you know, we'll have a little bit of shop talk and then we'll make a point of saying, all right, time to, time to close, close this conversation out and let's keep it, you know, keep shop talk off the uh, agenda for the rest of the evening. All right. Now, who is the enforcer of that? Is it your mom or your dad that says, all right, enough, enough business talk. Who says that? 
I think it's whoever is ready to stop talking about work. <laughs> so, but I think kind of along that note is I think it's important, you know, again, any relationship, but especially if you're in a family business, is to be as open and honest with your communication. And so let's say you're exhausted, you're just going out to dinner with your family and you really don't want to talk shop. Like, uh, you'll, I'll be the first person to say, guys, can we not talk about work today? Like, I just want to, you know, drink a glass of wine, enjoy this wonderful meal and, you know, see you on Monday when we're ready to be back at it, right? I just think it's important to, to level set with, you know, whomever, family, friends, partners. So what about, you know, do you guys have structures in place to handle conflict, though? We do. And and again, I think that goes back to, you know, conflict resolution, remediation, any of that is something that you're going to need at any business organization. And so, again, just because we're family members doesn't mean we're exempt from following what our best practice. But what I've done very much is, you know, it was a very, my parents, they've been working together for decades. And so they had gotten their dynamic down pat. But once I inserted myself into the equation, getting that dynamic down was a big challenge initially. It was everything from, you know, it's a strange place to find yourself as a parent. I think, you know, taking instruction from your child, you know, the same child that you were changing diapers for is now, you know, giving you business advice that takes some getting used to. And along those lines, it was really about, you know, kind of goal setting in each conversation and each meeting saying, you know, what is the purpose of this conversation? What are we trying to achieve? And making sure that our communication is open and honest. You know, in some ways, I've been told I'm sometimes too brutally honest. And I've leaned into that because I think if we can't solve anything, if we can't get to the root of the issue, and if we can't be open and honest and put everything out there, you can't get to the root of the issue. This applies to families just as much as it does everyone else. But I think families in particular, there's years and years of history. And sometimes, again, you know, especially in immigrant families, a lot that doesn't get said and that just doesn't work in the business environment. You got to get it all out. Now, you're in a retail business. You have five locations. Is that right? Five physical stores. And then uh, we also operate a sixth location that is our e-commerce warehouse. So you're in retail. Retail's a hard space to be in. I mean, in the world of Amazon, I mean, running a retail business and having the opportunity to expand. You said you expanded your Manhattan location in 2020. So like right as the pandemic was happening, you guys were opening a store in Manhattan. <laughs> well, we actually, we got through the Christmas 2019 season and come, you know, January 2nd, we're ready to rip out all the walls and start building out a door. And, you know, nobody thought that come March 2020 that the whole world would shut down and we'd find ourselves in a very different place. But I, you know, we leaned into what we were going to do regardless of whether or not COVID was happening or not happening. It was part of our, our development as a business. And so we you know, finished that rollout, brought to market Noble Branded Merch, which is our, our new business venture and did all these things. I think the challenge of retail is that everyone is learning what retail looks like in this new world that we now live in with social accessibility, with digital. But what we've also seen from, honestly, COVID is that you know it's convenient when things are online, but you feel this tremendous sense of disconnect from the world around you. And folks who are you know in the sneaker and shootwear space, it's an entire community in and of itself. It, being able to really build with your customers, with the community around you, that's something where if you are a retailer who's able to do that, I think then that there's a future for you. But if you obviously are 
you know, not taking care of your customers, treating it like, I don't care if I sell this widget to this person or that person. The Amazons of the world will come and box you out very quickly. I completely get it. I, I applaud you because retail is, is tough. It's really, really tough right now. And when we come absolutely, we are going to talk about what happens if a, if a conflict in your business follows you home. Christine, tell me about, you know, was it hard to switch over from being just a traditional storefront to becoming an e-commerce retailer, especially uh, during the pandemic? Was that largely when you guys made that transition? We had started that transition earlier. I think any transition, you know, as you're expanding the lines, avenues of your business, it's always a challenge. And, you know, my parents are now in their late 60s, early 70s. Obviously, you know, e-commerce is very new and foreign to them. I, I don't think they do a lot of online shopping. I'm still in the situation where I do most of it for them. So, you know, we've got two ship two addresses on Amazon. But, you know, they understood how how invaluable it was to grow in this channel of distribution. And, you know, the wonderful thing was, you know, that the trust was there for me to take us there. The horrible part of it was the responsibility is on me to take us there. And obviously, I want to make sure I do a great job at that. And so, you know, anything in business, it's really about making sure that you are having the right conversations with the right people. My background is not in e-commerce. I made sure that I educated myself so that I could make the right decisions for the business. There's avenues of this business that are, you know, new, new for me, you know, in my background, as I mentioned earlier, is I started in banking. I didn't have employees. I was, you know, the lowest man on the totem pole when I started at JP. And suddenly to find myself in a situation where I'm managing folks, it was I had to learn how to do that very quickly. And I leaned on folks with strong human resources, strong management backgrounds to help me learn what our best practice is. And so, you know, yeah, adapting to technology or any changes is super challenging, but you got to make sure that you're leaning on industry experts to, to get the information you need to make the right decisions for your business. All right. So you, you're young in business, but what is the best business advice you've ever been given? So I guess it, it's a, uh, Piggybacking up of what we were just talking about, I'd say your network is your network. I heard that. That stuck with me. And I think it's so important to make sure that, you know, we all know what we know, but there's, we don't know what we don't know. And as an entrepreneur, you've got to put in that legwork and seek persons out, seek the, that information out. And yeah, I never forgot that. And I try to make sure I'm doing that every day. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Christine. No, she's the owner of Noble.com, which is a sneaker and streetwear company based in New York and New Jersey. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. And that is what we are about here today. Hopefully you're watching on my Small Biz Lady YouTube channel, and I hope you subscribe and share it. Tell other people. Also, if you're watching on my Small Biz Lady Facebook page, Please like my page and leave us a comment. If you have a topic that you want us to discuss on the Small Biz Chef podcast, let us know. I love to give the people what they want. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, America's number one small business expert. And I will leave you with this last thought. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless everybody. Thanks for listening to the Small Biz Chat podcast with Melinda Emerson. 
Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday for more fantastic information and interviews. You can find more sources and small business success strategies by visiting Melinda's website, succeedasyourownboss.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.